as much as I'm preaching, it's also a, a kind of a story. Um, for those of you, I don't know if anyone still does notes, but for those who's doing notes, um, it's called Be a Servant and a Slash. It's not about you. I thought it was a bit cheeky, but <laughs> to Joey said I can go with it. So, um, so uh, first I want to just share about myself and my life and, and I was just kind of woven into what I felt God wanted me to share. So I grew up in a uh, like a Afrikaans home, went to church, but it was just religion, you know, there was nothing there. I'm not going to go into too much detail because then it will be here for too long. But, um, so just for some context, I have to say this, otherwise I might mention things and you guys won't know what I'm talking about. So, so he hates this, but Nick and I have been friends for a long time. So we've known each other since he was 16, I think 18. I met Joey when you were what, 19? And then Andrew I met when he was about 18, I think, uh, also through Nikki because they knew each other. And um, then Andrew's wife, Emma, was like a sister to me growing up. We, we were friends and stuff. So it's, it's kind of just interesting. I'm going off my notes now. But it's kind of just interesting how we all met up then and we went through all kinds of journeys and how we, you know, and here I am, Joey's leading the church and, and I'm preaching here tonight. So it's actually like, you know, God is just a God of detail and all those little things that happen. But yeah, anyway. So... Um, Joey and Andrew got saved, they were the first, and then I've got a brother who's not in this congregation, but yeah, he got saved, and then Nikki got saved and just kind of walked away immediately, and uh, it was my fault actually, to be honest, that's what, yeah, anyway, so, so um, uh, I was working in a, I spent some time overseas, I was working in a pub in England, and um, I, those days there wasn't internet or anything and I got this letter and I remember it was like a really busy lunchtime and I was sort of standing, I was a barman, so I was standing behind the bar and I took out this letter and I started reading the letter and uh, it was my brother, he wrote me this letter, so he told me he got saved and I was absolutely gutted and um, I burst out in tears, not this kind of tears, I was just so disgusted, my first thought was, it's Andrew. I know it's Andrew. <laughs> and actually, it was Joey. It wasn't Andrew. <laughs> so my brother credits Joey for salvation. But, but so that was kind of like the beginning, I think, of the end. It still took me another three years to get saved. But um, yeah, so um, I grew up like in a surf culture like, like these guys as well. And, you know, it's, it's like a really, really like a selfish um, kind of thing. I was pondering on it this morning and like literally, uh, there's a guy called Tom Curran who was an ex-world champ and I heard a quote of his once. He said, an intelligent human being can come up with a good argument for surfing being a religion. And I was just thinking about that this morning and it's like, all you can th- think of is tomorrow morning, what's the tide doing? What's the wind doing? You want to go surf? And literally, that's, that's your life. You don't do or say other things. I mean, I had long hair. My hair was virtually down to my bum. He had long hair too and him. We all, <laughs> and Andrew, we all had long hair. But, um, I think it just goes with the territory. But, but there's like a, there's like a, um, like almost like a self-righteous, not almost, it is like a self-righteous just thing that you become this cool guy and nobody else is cool. I mean, honestly, not that I'm proud of it, but if you didn't surf or take drugs because we did that, unfortunately, and I mean, like, you, I just wouldn't even speak to you. Like, you were just like out of my realm. It was just not there, you know? Um, but yeah, God had a plan. So eventually I'll fast forward a bit. I was uh, in, in Israel, which is a long story in itself, but that was just 
And I ended up with my aunt and uncle in Israel. They were living there at the time, but they were born again. They got like radically saved in the 70s. And I knew it, but they were like kind of cool. Like my uncle, you know, he would have a beer with a bride. And I thought, well, for a Christian, that's, that's different. You know, was, in my head, Christian was like religious. And you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do nothing. Which is, you don't smoke, but yeah. And anyway, so, and I remember, like the turning point for me came when, I don't know, does MTV still exist? It's like a music channel on... It used to be on DSTV, so those of you who's younger don't know. But I remember sitting at my aunt and uncle's house in, in Israel, and um, I think it was a Monday morning. I've got a head for detail. So, and my aunt was, was ironing. My uncle had gone to work, and I was just like lying on the couch watching MTV, you know, like music videos and stuff. And I remember my aunt being behind me, and she's like ironing and stuff. And just out of nowhere, she asked me this question. She said, so Yaku, are you a Christian? And I mean... In seconds, I just had a million stuff going through my head. I know, what do I say? Like, I, can't, I can't say to a yes because I'm a hypocrite, because I'm not. But at the same time, I'm going to deny God, you know? And, and that's, and I was like, okay, no, but I can't, I can't lie. So I just said no. And as I said no, like something just happened. It was like, I denied God now. And it's like, I mean, I played it all cool, but I wasn't cool. And I was just like, this is hectic. Anyway, it took me another two years to get saved. I had to wait, make my way back. Sorry, just get some water. Anyway, so I, basically, I got saved through Andrew and my brother. My brother got saved about two years before me. And then, uh, again, I won't go into detail. I'm already probably carrying on too long. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got saved. Uh, I was in a church in, in Port Elizabeth. And um, from... Uh, Andrew wasn't in that church. He was going to another church. And I was like, like saved two months, like very green, like didn't know what was going on. Didn't really have much uh, context. Um, God just incredibly like, so, okay, sorry. So before I got saved, I was very like into the spiritual. I used to astral project and all those bad things, which are not good for you. But yeah, so I was very aware of a spiritual realm and stuff. So one, once I got saved, like the Holy Spirit, I felt it immediately. God just started speaking to me. It's almost like I heard his audible voice and he would give me scriptures and sometimes it drove my brother mad because <laughs> anyway so I would go to him like two o'clock in the morning and say listen I got a scripture and it's like Luke something so God to me is English even though I'm Afrikaans but and uh, and he was like yeah, yeah no, there's a book Luke and I was like okay cool can I get your Bible because I don't have a Bible and uh, yeah so it just went like that so just like radical stuff happened I was lying in bed one night 11 o'clock just you know got um filled with Holy Spirit spoke in tongues all that stuff I didn't even ask for it it just happened so it was amazing and uh, yeah, and then after about two months, I remember we were still hanging out, Andrew and I was surfing, and he said to me, yeah, he thinks we should come to the church where he is, which Dion and Kim was in, Dion was an elder in that church, and it was called Storehouse, which was led by a guy called Tom Tapping. And um, so I, I went to this church, and like I said, I, I was still very green and still had a very religious mindset, and I remember the... I think it was the second weekend I was there in this church because I then decided to join the church. I remember um, Andrew saying to me, oh, do you want to come and watch rugby with, um, at Tom's house, you know, which is now the pastor, but it's like, you know, Dwimney. So you, like, you don't talk to the guy, you just say hello. And, you know, it's just my, like, mindset and stuff. So anyway, went and watched rugby. Well, I didn't actually watch rugby, I just watched Tom because he was just, like, shouting and screaming. And I mean, in a, in a nice way, but just I didn't, you know, see a, a pastor like that. So it broke a lot of mindsets in me and stuff. Um, but to get back to the church, so, 
So there was myself, Andrew, and my brother. So we were like the surfer dudes. We had long hair and stuff. But the church was like super conservative. And I say to people, like people in the early days of this church, they would come in and it was like, oh, no, it's just like um, surf church. But we went into like a real, and, and I mean it with the greatest respect, but like a nerd church. It was like just nerdy people who were just completely on a different level. And it was like so difficult, you know, like my hair is long. Dion was not a, not a nerdy guy. He was cool. And Kim was even cooler. They were very cool. Um, but, no, but just hear what I'm saying, okay? So, so we were like thrusted into this thing, and it was just so weird. Um, I shared this with Joe, and he said, no, nah, I must share it, so I will. But there was a lady, I think it was Brenda. She was a secretary, hey? Brenda Mayron, wasn't it? Mayron, yeah. She was a lovely, lovely lady. And like, I mean, I was then, what, in my 20s, and she was, I don't know how old she was, but she was an older lady. But she, she was just a lovely lady. And I remember now, I had like really long hair, and you know if you have sunglasses with your long hair, sometimes you put it like over here. And I remember walking to church, and Brenda liked standing in front. It wasn't like an official thing, but she liked in front, and then she was like, hello, hello, for everybody that comes in. And I remember walking in, and her seeing me, and then going like this. And she didn't want to look up. She goes, Yaku, please tell me you're not wearing an Alice band. <laughs> and it was just like a completely different mindset, you know? And, and we were just like different people, and and I remember getting faced with, flip, okay, like, in my mind, I'm this cool guy, and now I must, I must connect with people, because I can only spend so much time with my brother. And uh, I remember sitting with Andrew. Andrew had obviously been a much more mature Christian. I was still caught up with my worldly mindsets and stuff. And I remember the one day just talking to him and saying to him, like, I need to, like, actually get to know some of these people and stuff. And, um, and he said to me, no, he thinks you... That guy will be a good guy to connect with. So Gary Davidson, you should remember Gary. And so I still actually have contact with Gary to this day. And uh, Gary was an engineer who worked at Volkswagen and Utenag, like just like super nerd and lovely guy. But, you know, we ended up doing road trips and um, just in his own way, like he changed, um, I don't know why I'm crying. He changed me so much, you know, and it was, I was like, you know, like, I was just, like, arrogant and, and self-righteous, thought I was, like, cooler than everyone else, and it was just, like, that whole thing that I was caught up in, but, you know, God, I think that's why he put us in that church as well. I mean, like, again, not Andrew, because he was already quite mature then. Well, I think he was, but I don't know. <laughs> not, <laughs> but anyway, they all know. Um, but, yeah, and it, and, it, and it was just, like, amazing, like, how, you know, like, kind of my whole bubble just burst, and things just became um, very different. Um, and then, so, <laughs> the, the, this, this, this whole preach came about because of this one name. I was just praying and saying, God, okay, what, what do you want me to share? And, um, and I felt God saying to me, Rudy, do you remember Rudy? I don't know if you guys are going to remember him. So Rudy was a guy that was about 19, and um, not about, he was 19 years old. And he got caught up in the occult for about two years. Afrikaans guy. And uh, so in the church... Yeah, he was kind of low profile. I don't know if you remember. But anyway, so, so I was like the Afrikaans guy in church. So like, I remember just Andrew coming to me saying, like, bro, you need to walk with this guy. And I was saved for a year. I honestly didn't know so much. You know, I thought I was doing well. And uh, yeah, so I spent sort of a year with, with Rudy. Uh, and what it meant was every uh, Sunday night, I had to go fetch him from his house. Um, 
and then take him to church, which was like a 42k round trip for me, and I wasn't really employed, so it was, it was quite stretching. I actually didn't even own a car, but I somehow, I think I just took my mom and dad's cars, but anyway. And then calm nights, if he felt like it, I would, you know, go pick him up, take him to calm, and then um, every second Tuesday we had like a coffee date. We would also go to his house. But a coffee date would literally be him sitting like this, not even looking at me, just sitting like this. He was just this like broken, broken guy, you know. And I mean, I can't lie. There was times I was just like, oh man, this guy, like, I'm not, the only thing he could really talk about was music because he loved more like metal bands and stuff as well. But he was just so broken from the, um, you know, the occult and stuff that he got into and uh, he signed his name away in blood, you know, did all those terrible things. I mean, we did pray for him and all that stuff, but still. And uh, as much as, you know, I, I was like, oh, no, it's really, really, I must help Rudy. I, I realized that actually it wasn't about Rudy. It was actually about me and just dying to my old self and my, my ways and stuff. And I just got to look at my notes because I can't remember everything. Um, yeah, so I realized I had to die of my arrogance, my pride, my self-righteousness, my independence, and just rebellion and all that stuff, you know, that I was, I was caught up with. And honestly, that was like the second year that I got saved, like that I was saved, and that was probably the biggest changes I came in. Um, I remember after we came to Cape Town, I tried to follow up with Rudy, but I, I, to be honest, I don't know what, what actually happened to him. I really do hope that things worked out, but um, I, I don't know. I think he kind of just fizzled a bit, but... Anyway, but that's, um, that, like I said, it wasn't really about him as much as I did try and help him, but I think it was just about me getting great breakthrough. Um, Chris, can you just put on Galatians? Oh, he's already there. Well done. <laughs> okay, so if you remember, my, my title was Be a Servant. It's not about you. So Galatians 5.13. Um, I'll just read my notes. So, yeah. Uh, you were called... To freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And that's really where I, I want to go. You know, like I was so selfish. I was so caught up in my own little world and, and what I thought was cool and, you know, whatever. Then actually I wasn't. And uh, th- through Gary and through guys like, like, you know, walking with Rudy, which it was incredibly stretching for me, honestly. Um, yeah, just, you know, those things just got broken down. And I, and I, I realized, like, you know, to, to, to serve is, is um, that's what God expects from us, is just to serve. And then to put it, I mean, to push it even further, I, um, I didn't, I didn't um, have a job, like, when I got saved and stuff, because I didn't, yeah, I didn't really work. I was traveling and doing all kinds of other stuff, so not, like, full-time, so... I actually got a job um, at a restaurant um, in Port Elizabeth. I don't think it exists anymore, but it was called Lemon Tree. And God just does it. Okay. And God just used that like so incredibly. And it was like almost like I didn't have a choice. You know, I had to get money and this job was just like, you know, there it is and go. And, and um, I remember the, the, the lady who owned it, I can't remember her name, but her name was Sue. And uh, she was actually an extremely wealthy lady. But I just remember when lunchtime from like 12 till 2, the restaurant was very popular. I mean, the food was great. The atmosphere, everything was wonderful. And I remember when it was 12 till 2, Sue would get in the kitchen and she would do whatever it took. Okay. This is a lady that's, um, 
She's like a multimillionaire. She's super wealthy. She doesn't have to do anything. But she's in the kitchen. She's dirty. She works. And I remember that made such an impression on me. Um, she's not like a Christian, um, I don't think, maybe now, but back then she definitely wasn't. But it was just like that, that whole like servant thing. And she was just, she would like carry bags of potato, do anything. Because I was waitering, so we were running in and out. And you would know lunchtime Sue was there, you know. And that, like, it had such an impact on me. I don't know why I'm crying. Um, um, and and I, I just realized, like, God was breaking that thing in me, you know. And it's better to, to um, just serve and get, uh, yeah, and break the, the mindsets and stuff that I have um, of what is and what it is that I should be. Okay. Um, can you put on Peter, please? Also, again, sorry, it's much quicker. Um, okay, so this is the ESV, uh, which says... Uh, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's stewards of God's varied grace. And then, could you do the other one as well? I, I know some people are anti-message, so just bear with me. But be generous with the um, different things God gave you, passing them around, so all get in on it. I like that last part of let, let all get in on it. Okay, so you can go back to the other one, Chris, if you don't mind. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go with this one so no one... It's controversial. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so let, let, let's just look at this now. Um, obviously, again, we're going back to the whole servant um, part of it. So uh, that the first or the second word, each. So that's every single person that, that's received the gift. It's not just some. It's 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 everyone, um, and it's. Okay, sorry, carry on there, yeah, uh, received the gift. So the gift, it was received. So it's not, it's not anything that we've done. God just gave us a gift. And again, it's, it's for everyone. It's not just some of us. And the, the gift might be worship. You know, I've, I remember I always used to say, like, everyone knows Madonna, I think, that sings. Maybe the younger guys don't. But I'm sure she's got a gift of worship. I mean, I'm not saying I know that, but probably, because she, you know, she can go. So... So that, that's a gift that she, she was probably given. Um, she's obviously not using it for, to glorify God, but yeah. So we all, we all have our gifts. Um, and then I looked at the Greek, just so that you guys can think I'm super bright. But <laughs> the, the, I was, Joe actually said, because we got together this week talking and we just went through the preaching, Joe actually said that nowadays to prepare a preach is so much easier, you know, compared to years ago when you didn't have all. I remember I've got a big strong... Um, and it's a massive book. I mean, you have to pay through the thing and try and find stuff. Now it's just the clicks of a button, you get it. But anyway, so, so the um, gift in that context, the Greek means charisma. Uh, and charisma is a gift of grace, or I like this as well, it's, it's a power of, of a talent. So, like, you know, charismatic, that's where it comes from. So someone that's charismatic you know, selling stuff or do whatever, that's, that's, so you, you, you've got the power to, to influence others. And again, it's not for yourself, but you're doing it, uh, I mean, it's for, the, for, for, for other people. Um, and then if, scripture, scripture, <laughs> okay, sorry, just keep it up, Chris, please, thanks. Okay, um, and then, blah, 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 where was my, oh, okay, I'm going towards, uh, as God's um, stewards of God's varied grace. So, so grace in that um, context is bountiful or plenty. So 
it means it's not just one. It's plenty of, of gifts. It's different gifts. It's not just this, the... And then... Um, sorry, where is the... Am I? Oh, okay. Um, sorry. I, um, I think, yeah, I, I th- just go, sorry, go to the NIV quickly. I think it must be the NIV, actually, because I've got, my words don't line up now. It was, yeah, I think it was actually. Could you, could you change it to the NIV, Chris, please? Is it, oh, okay, there we go. Um, grace of the various forms, Okay. Okay, now I'm totally now stumped. <laughs> My notes don't line up with the illustration, bountiful, plenty. Administration, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's just move on. Sorry, Joe. I'm like, I don't know, my notes is completely not lining up now with what I was going to say. Okay. Um, okay, so if, if we all operate in our gifts and in, in that which um, God, God has given us, um, what will it mean for, for the body then? And, and uh, if every person is, is operating in the, in the gifts, okay, so how do we how do we get there and i've got seven points i don't know why it's always seven but it's seven and uh so the the first one is humble yourself uh second remind yourself daily uh third one be uncomfortable which is what i am now and (laughs) slow down and be present which is what i'm trying to do uh Surround yourself with like-minded people. Sacrifice, sacrifice your own time, um, um, attention and money, and be specific. Okay. So, I'm just about an half an hour. So, in closing, I found this and I thought it was really brilliant. What does it mean to have a servant's heart? And this is what it says. To have a mindset or desire to selflessly and sacrificially serve others, regardless of your feelings towards them or what it may cost you. Um, in Matthew twenty twenty eight, Chris, please. <laughs> I think, yeah. In Matthew twenty twenty eight, the, that first part, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Uh, yeah, not to get served, but to, to serve. So, you know, Jesus is always our standard. And if that is a standard that he's come down to earth, you know, that, that's the standard we should, we should follow. So I think my challenge to you guys today is, um, and I include myself in this, are we living with, with a servant attitude to serve others? You know, I am... Um, I, I, and I, I, this is not a boastful thing, but I really don't have a problem getting up two o'clock in the morning, taking someone to the airport and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not saying it boastfully, but that's just, for me, it's no big deal. I'll just do it. And maybe that's just the, you know, the grace God has given me. But yeah, um, I, I can do that. But for, for you, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, you know, go working in the garden or, or maybe it's, yeah, whatever it might be. So, um, Joey, I don't know, do you want to? Again, okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Humble yourself. That's number one. Number two, remind yourself daily. Number three, be uncomfortable. Number four, slow down and be present. Number five, surround yourself with like-minded people. Sacrifice your own time, attention, and money. And the last one is be... Okay, where, where are you? What number? Okay, number five is surround yourself with like-minded people. Number six, sacrifice your own time, attention, and money. Seven, be specific. <laughs>